All right, everyone, let's get started. Everyone okay? Yeah. yeah. All right, focus in, please. Focus. Yes, Last right. rehearsal. Yeah. Yeah. All right, from here. From here. All right, all right. So from here, many men. One, two. Oh. Oh. Everyone together. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. One, two. Rehearsals are so good today. Boy can sing. A few bum notes in there. I had you covered. Yeah. <laughs> you got anyone coming? Uh, my mum's coming. What about for you? Yeah, my mum's bringing an entourage. Oh, really? <laughs> OK. Yeah. How about your mates? Ah, uh, trust me, it's not their thing. They're the last people in the world who'd want to come. Are you serious? Yeah. Have you even asked them? No. Give them some credit. Ask them. Ask them. Ask them. <laughs> Don't you know I get it? I've been grinding, been rhyming, been shining. Pressure makes me better. I'm a diamond in the rough. Change my colors and never show my hue. These helicopter views make you join my crew. But don't get too excited. Your members don't just do. Know I get it. Hey guys, I've got to go. Great. Oh, where are you going, man? Gotta go where? Because I mean, it's pretty much 7.15 on the dot and you're out. Yeah, where is it no. you always got to go where to? Going? Hey, come on, man. Got give it back. I'll be late. Late? Late for what? Yeah, man. For late. what? So where is it, mister? I gotta go. I mean, we're your friends. Oh, He's got something. What is it? Uh, fire. Fire. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a little rose on him. He's got a little rose. A little rose. You sing? Yeah, I sing, man. Then you've never told us? No. Uh, listen, a bunch of us are doing a thing tomorrow night at the hall. You guys should come along and see for yourself. Yeah? Yeah, 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 yeah cool. Yeah. I know the place. I know, definitely. I ain't got nothing. Cool. Right, cool, man. Yeah. Take Cheers, care. Man. Don't be late. See you. See you.
Hey. How's that for you? Yeah, it was good. Tiring, but good. I saw your mum out there. She was loving it. I could see her. Screaming. Hollywood, Hollywood. Did you like it? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, not good. what we expected, but it was sick. Serious? Yeah. You liked yeah. it? It's really good, yeah? Yeah, yeah it's good. Yeah, of course. Why wouldn't we? Calm, man. Calm, you know. Calm. Let's get out of here. Okay. So I've heard I've got a good singing voice, <laughs> huh? Where do I sign up? <laughs> you. Wait for an answer. You. <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome to you too. Well, let's give a big welcome to everyone joining us online and in the other city. Let's... Hi to you guys, Cambridge, Leicester, London, people online, great, great to be with you. And welcome to you all as we start this series, uh, Talking Jesus, welcome to part one. Now, I wonder if you, you've ever noticed that there are groups of people who, they have things in their life that they just can't help talking about. You know, take football fans, of, of which I am one. But there seem to be some certain football fans who, whenever you get near them, they always want to talk about their team. Particularly, it seems to me, if, if the team comes from a city whose name begins with M and ends with Anchester. <laughs> and when you think about it, what's that all about? It's 11 allegedly full-grown men running around a field, kicking a bag of wind between two sticks of wood. And yet, everywhere you go, they just want to talk about that. Second group of people, grandparents. Anyone know any grandparents just can't help talking about their grandchildren? Now, it may surprise you to know, I know you're thinking he's far too young, but my wife and I, we've recently become grandparents, and uh, I thought you might like to see a few little pickies. Uh, can you see broccoli face and chocolate face? And uh, for those of you who didn't want to see that, you're going to see them anyway, because this is my granddaughter, and she is the most beautiful little one ever. Now, isn't it interesting? There are some things that we just can't help talking about. Now, the Apostle Paul, who many of you will know, wrote huge chunks of the New Testament. He, he wrote this. He said, my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus. Here it is, the work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. What's Paul saying? He's saying that to, to be involved in talking about Jesus is so important to him that if he misses out on talking about Jesus, he feels like he's missing the most significant part of his life. Now, I wonder if I was to, to ask you today, if, if we had a, if you like, a, a scale here, where on one end was pretty low and the, the, this end was very, very high. If I was to ask you, how much are you talking about Jesus right now? I, I wonder where you'd put yourself on that scale. Now, I'm, I'm very aware there'll be people here today listening to me who right now, you wouldn't count yourself a Christian anyway. Well, we're, we're super glad that you're here. Hope you'll enjoy this morning's message. Please lean in. Um, you're going to find out a bit about, for us, why Jesus is so important to us. And wherever you are, at the end of the service you're in, you'll be given opportunity to make a response to Jesus and start a journey with him. And I really hope you will. But back to the rest of us. I wonder where you'd put yourself on that spectrum. Now, to be honest, if you're asking me where would I put myself, I'd be much more on this end than on this end. I am delighted that in this room and in other places, we've got some of you. You are on it all of the time. You can't help talking about Jesus everywhere you go, everything you do. God bless you. We're delighted that you're here. Keep going for it. 
But I would suspect most of us, probably the majority, are more towards this end. Maybe a little bit like the young guy who was in the short story that we've just watched. A sense of, I've got something in my life that's really significant to me, very important to me, but actually I feel a little bit timid. I feel there are times when I miss out on talking about Jesus, and I love to be able to move along that spectrum to a place where I'm bolder and more confident. Now, I've got great news for you today. Wherever you're at, whatever part of the spectrum you're on, over the next six to seven weeks, we're going to be having a, a focus on this call to all of us to be talking about Jesus. And I'm really expecting that all of us, no matter where we are right now, we're going to move on that journey. So that six weeks from now, all of us, and I mean, kind of, we're aiming for all of us, will be at a place where we're in, we're doing our best, and we're seeing more conversations about Jesus than we've ever had before. What I want to give you today, I want to give you four reasons to count yourself in. Can I encourage you right now? Don't count yourself out, count yourself in. Let me give you four reasons to say why you want to get in for the next six to seven weeks. Here we go. Why would I want to do that? Because number one, talking Jesus is significant. Say significant. Just think about uh, the last few weeks and the kind of things that you've been talking about and you've heard other people talking about. Now, how many people were, would agree that in that season you've heard someone mention the name Bishop Curry or Meghan Markle or whatever a new name is now? That probably those things have been on your lips. Maybe some of you have talked a little bit about the football or the cricket or whatever it is. Uh, my wife and I, over the last few months, we've been talking a lot about fruit and veg. She's read a book called Medicinal Cookery that's all about the incredible physical benefits that come from eating the right types of fruit and veg. You wouldn't believe what a slice of beetroot could do for you or a floret of broccoli, that's the right word, or quinoa or quinoa, wherever you are. And apparently within our church, we have someone who's responsible for 90% of the distribution of quinoa in the world. Give him a round of applause. Isn't that amazing? Tell me after... Now, those things are important, okay? They're, they're good things to talk about. But actually, the Bible says they are nowhere near as significant as the privilege that we get to talk about Jesus. Listen to this, 2 Corinthians 5, 18. Paul says, all this, and the all this is basically the amazing things that God has done. All this is done by God, who through Christ changed us from enemies into his friends and gave us the task of making others his friends also. Now, I don't know about you, but when I think about how when I had no interest in God, for me that's 37, 38 years ago, to think that God was pursuing me with his love and his grace and he wanted me to become his friend. And when I look back over the last 37 years of how good he has been to me, I, I recently I felt like a new kind of almost being blown away by the goodness of knowing God as my friend of having one in my life who loves me unconditionally, who's with me all of the time, who's incredibly powerful, all-knowing, and all-wise. You think, what a, what a privilege to have experienced having Jesus come into my life. And for me, and I know for many of you, it's the same thing. That moment when I became a Christian, when I turned to become a friend of God, is the most significant moment in my life, bar none. For me, everything changed from that moment. I feel so grateful to God for his goodness to me. And not, not just 
in that moment for the last 37 years, for the number of times when he's rescued me, when he's forgiven me, when he's strengthened me, when he's encouraged me, when he's guided me, when he's closed doors, when he's opened doors, when he's healed me. You look back and you think, God, you've been so good to me. And not just for this life, but for the next life. To know that actually now I don't have any fear of death because of what Jesus has done in my life. And then I think of the people around me. And I think there's not one person that you or I have locked eyes on who wouldn't be better off with Jesus in their life, with God as their friend. Th th think about people you know. Can you imagine how, how could not anyone be better off with having in their life one who's all-knowing, all-powerful, all-loving, who's good all of the time, and actually whose, whose invitation into life is not just for this life, it's into eternity. Jesus himself put it like this. He said, don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroy them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven. In other words, people of Kingsgate, let's be those who live for what's significant and what's for even more eternally significant. Do you know, when it comes to talking Jesus, it's the most significant thing that we can have on our lips. Secondly, Talking Jesus is not only significant, talking Jesus is a privilege. Now, I wonder if I was to ask you today, what do you consider to be the highest privilege that a human being could have on earth? Now, when I think about that word privilege, for me, it kind of, it pulls together two things. It pulls together a sense of, there's a preciousness about what I've been given, but there's also a weight of responsibility, you know, imagine for me, maybe the highest privilege would be getting to captain Yorkshire cricket team. That would be, yeah, thank you, that would be absolutely incredible. Maybe even the, the Yorkshire, the, the England cricket team, although I think Yorkshire's probably higher. Um, I know what you'd say, what's the greatest privilege, being a business person, a doctor, a lawyer? What about being a judge on Bake Off? Having to judge who's got the flanniest flan or the sconniest scone or the soggiest bottom, whatever it is, and having to determine people's future with their culinary skills. Huge privileges. But you know, there is no higher privilege that you and I can have than being entrusted to talk about Jesus. Listen, listen to what Jesus himself said. He said, here he is. He's about to go to the cross and, he, and then come back from the dead. He's coming to the, the peak of his mission on earth. And he says this as he prays to his father. He says, Father, in the same way that you gave me a mission in the world. Okay, Jesus had a, a mission. And his, his mission was to let humanity know there is a way back to God. There is a way to get to know God. Jesus says, just as you gave me a mission in the world, now I give them a mission in the world. What's Jesus saying? He's saying, I've started a ministry but now I'm passing it on. I'm handing on the baton to those who will be following me. And that includes you and it includes me. There's the sense that you and I, we've been entrusted with the same mission that Jesus had. You know, uh, years ago, many, 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 many years ago, I trained to be a secondary school uh, history teacher. And I had the privilege when I trained to be, spend a term underneath the most amazing school teacher I'd ever seen. Now, this to me is a sign and a wonder. He managed to make history teaching in his school so good, it was the most popular subject, and it was also that had the best results. Now, that's a sign and a wonder right there. I had the privilege of working under that guy for a few months, and I didn't realize at the time, but actually, he wasn't just a good classroom teacher. He was actually right on the cutting edge 
of history teaching. Now, I know some of you think, cutting edge, history teaching? How do you get them in the same sentence? Anyway, he was. He was actually a national expert. Anyway, a year later, I'd taken a year out, yet another year not to have to work, um, when he phoned me. And he said, I'd like you to come and work in our school. In fact, I don't want you just to be a history teacher. I'd like you to take on the whole department. Now, at the time, I was kind of, you're having a laugh, right? You almost wanted to check, was it April the 1st when he rang me up? Because he was a guy who was cutting edge leading in the nation. He's saying, I want you effectively to pick up my mission. And I think the thing that struck me was somehow he saw something in me that I didn't see in myself. And that he was saying, just as I've kind of finished my bit, now I'm passing on the baton to you. Do you know, Jesus has passed on the baton to you and me. And just as my my head of department, he didn't have a plan B. Basically, I was it. (laughs) For a season, the, the results in that school, to a degree, were resting on me. To a degree, Jesus has no plan B. Do you know that? You can't go around and say, it's all right, the angels will pick it up. God's got a plan B. No, it's not. It's you and it's me. Just listen to what Paul says in Romans 10, 14. He says, how can they, people who've never heard of Jesus, call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them, unless someone talks to them about Jesus? Now, why would you count yourself in? on talking Jesus, because there is no greater privilege. Do you know, some of us right now, we're going, I can't be counted in because I don't reach the standard. No, Jesus sees something in you, not just the person on your right and your left, he sees something in you, and he says, I, with boldness and confidence, entrust this mission to you. You are positioned to be able to do what he's called you to do. Talking Jesus, I want to encourage you, include yourself in. It's the greatest privilege. It's of the highest significance. But now I want to kind of turn the corner and say, not only is this the greatest thing we can give our time to, it's also something that you can do. Do It's one thing, isn't it, to say, wow, look at this amazing thing we can do. It's another to say, yeah, but can can I actually be counted into this? And the, the good news I've got for you is that as we look over these next six to seven weeks, I believe God is saying to every single one of us, you can succeed in this because it's not just about you. Third thing, why would you include yourself in? Because talking Jesus is a partnership. Say partnership. Partnership. You you all know what partnership means. It means I'm not on my own. I'm in it with somebody else. I wonder if you've ever been in a situation where somebody asks you something about church or about God and like you get brain freeze. It's kind of like you've just eaten a lolly and you think, I haven't got a clue. Anyone ever been in that position? You you feel like you're on your own. Anyone ever felt like that? I feel like I'm alone. Okay, now I've got, let me remind you. What was the title of the sermon series we've just finished? Never Alone, okay? I know I know that series finished a week ago, but you know the Holy Spirit's not gone on vacation. He's just as interested in the series that we're coming up to now And he's not here just to make us feel a bit better about ourselves. He's here to partner with us. The incredible truth of God's word is you're actually never alone. Not only are you never alone when you're here at church, you're never alone when you're at the workplace, when you're in your neighborhood, whatever you're doing. He's with you all of the time. Listen to this wonderful promise from Jesus himself. He said, you will receive power 
when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Anyone ever feel inadequate when it comes to sharing Jesus? Then you're a perfect candidate for this series. Because Jesus is saying here, when the Holy Spirit comes along you, comes to live on the inside of you, he comes to give you the power, the ability to what to be his witnesses. You see that? He said, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Cambridge, in Leicester, in London, in Peterborough, in Judea, in Samaria, wherever God takes you. He's saying, you'll be my witnesses. And that, I, lo- I love that Jesus used the word witness, not the word lawyer. In other words, what's he saying here? What does a witness do? A witness talks about what they've seen and what they've heard. Jesus, great to have people who are brilliant at knowing all the ins and outs of the gospel. But actually right now, if you've seen something, heard something, or experienced something about Jesus, you're in. You're included. And the Holy Spirit wants to empower you to share Jesus with other people. A few years ago, I I spent a a year of my life working with a Christian organization called Youth with a Mission. Uh, And the, the purpose of that year out was very simple. The purpose was to use our time to tell people about Jesus. Now, here's the truth. Six months in, I was absolutely rubbish at it. I was so frustrated. I can remember once literally chasing someone across Leicester Square, shouting at them. They did want to know about Jesus. While they returned to me with words that were probably deserved, but definitely not repeatable in a a church service. So frustrated. It was like, I'm doing my best. What am I supposed to do? And I can actually remember, even though it's quite a while ago, praying and saying, Uh, Okay, God, we're going out again tonight. First of all, it'd be great if this was a second coming before that happened. That would be really good. Um, But then feeling almost like the Spirit saying, it's not about you. Stop getting so sweaty about it all and, and working yourself up. That's your primary problem, Simon. You're too worked up about it. Just, just let me lead you. And I, I felt the, the Lord say to me quite clearly, tonight you're going to meet someone called John and he's going to want to talk about Jesus. Long story short, there we were that evening doing what we normally do back in Leicester Square, not chasing people across there this time. And lo and behold, guy stands next to, we start talking, guess what his name was? His name was John. We had a great conversation, one of the most exciting evenings that I've ever had. And I thought, isn't it wonderful? Talking Jesus is not primarily about how skilled or how hard I try. It's about a partnership with a God who knows everybody, who loves everybody, and whose desire is to bring them into a relationship with the King of Kings. It's a bit like, in fact, it's exactly like Mark describes it at the end of his End of his gospel, he says this. This is after the resurrection. He says, Then the disciples, Jesus' followers, they went out and they preached everywhere. What did they do? They went and they spoke about Jesus and the Lord. What a thought. The Lord himself worked with them and confirmed his word by the signs that accompanied it. You're never alone. You're not on your own in this series. You have living in you, walking alongside you, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And primarily talking Jesus is not about how skilled you are, about how gifted you are, but about how willing we are to partner with the Holy Spirit. What what I love for you, that verse there in Mark 16, they're ordinary people. How many of you think you're ordinary? Me too. But it's not, it's about ordinary people with an extraordinary God. 
It's about him and what he wants to do. We were praying earlier in, the, in a prayer meeting and saying, God, what we're praying for in this season is, yes, we want to become more skilled. Yes, we, we need more confidence. But actually, what we want more of is you partnering with us and a release of your grace in our lives and through to other people. Uh, just, just in the last couple of weeks, I was chatting with one of the ladies in Cambridge who she wouldn't describe herself as bold and confident. She was telling me about how uh, we've been praying for, for a group as kingdom ambassadors, and she's in that group. And she was telling me, she said, I can't believe how since we started praying, people are coming to me, even when I don't want them to, and they're almost cornering me to say, tell me about your faith. How many of you want more of that? Me too. I'm counting myself in and saying, God, if this is a partnership, then I want to position myself for more. Let's be talking Jesus. It's significant. It's a privilege. It's a partnership. And then fourth, talking Jesus begins where you are. Do you know, God, God is, I don't know if you ever stop to think about how good God is at getting the right people into the right place at the right time and getting things into the right place at the right time. Now, I am not a scientist, okay, so my apologies if I don't get this completely right. But I, my understanding is when God made the universe, he put the earth in just the right place for life to be able to be formed on this one planet, and you know, we're on an axis and we're spinning right now. You ought to have a headache right now, but we're not, by God's grace. And actually, if we were a little bit further away from the sun, we'd freeze. If we're a little bit nearer to it, we'd fry. God's got it absolutely, perfectly right. He knows what he's doing. He's good at this stuff. Do you know what? He's got you in exactly the right place. Right now, you are in exactly the right place around exactly the right people with exactly the right abilities and skills to be able to talk about Jesus. How do I know that? Listen to this, Ephesians 2, chapter, 2, verse 10 even. Sorry about that. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, which believe it or not is a life verse for me, says this, we are, okay, if you're a Christ follower, this is Paul talking about you. We are God's workmanship, created in Christ for a life of good work. Do you know, God did a great job when he made you. God did a great job when he made me. I know he did. <laughs> Thank you for one hour, man. Come on. God did a great job when he made you. He gave you the right personality. He's put you in the right situation. He doesn't make mistakes. He's good. You are positioned for what he wants you to do. But I want you to see the rest of that verse. What does it say? He's, made, he's done a good job of making you and he's gone ahead of you says that he's made things for you to do. He's been at working them and there's a great match between the two. Good works, good job, bringing it together. Now, one of the most encouraging facts, I believe, we're gonna see over these next few weeks is how God is at work in our cities and in our nation more than we've been led to believe, particularly by the media. God is moving in our nation and this is a great time to be talking about Jesus. Let me give you a little bit of background. Um, the, the series that we're looking at, Talking Jesus, has actually come out of some research done by a couple of companies called Barna and Comres. And a few years ago, they, did a, they were commissioned to do a survey of attitudes towards the Christian faith within the UK. So not other countries, this is within the UK. They sampled a group uh, which mathematically is an acceptable sample to be able to take that out and say, yeah, that's accurate. They brought the findings of that, of that 
that re result to a group of church leaders, including our, our very own Dr. Dave Smith. The church leaders said, that can't be right. It's far too positive. Go back and do it again. They went back, they doubled their research sample, and they came up with basically the same results. Now, if you're interested in this kind of thing, can I encourage you, go online, have a look at Talking Jesus website, and you'll see some, some statistics there, most of which I believe you'll find are encouraging for where we're at. Now, there are nuances in it. There are differences in different cities and different people groups, but overall, it's incredibly encouraging. Let me, let me just give you a few headline facts. If I was to ask you, so, so imagine, sorry, one other thing. They asked people to define themselves either as being Christian or non-Christian. And for this, the sake of this survey, they described a Christian as someone who, who's basically accepting the basic tenets of the faith, but who critically goes to church once a month. Now, you and I know you should be in church more often than that, don't we? Yes. Amen. Thank you, all four of you. Okay? But for the sake of this, let's accept a Christian is someone, they're pursuing God as much as they can, and they're in church once a month. Now, those are the two groups of people. Imagine with that as the background, uh, if I was to ask you, what percentage of, the, of people who self-identified as non-Christians, non what percentage would say they've got a friend who's a practicing Christian? The numbers are 67%. Okay, that means two-thirds of people in the UK who don't yet know God have a friend who's a Christian. And the top three words they would use to describe that Christian friend are overwhelmingly positive. They'd say they're friendly, caring, and good-humored. I'd say that's good news. A lot of people know a Christian, and they think they're good. Third, third thing, just to share with you. Two of the top three influences on adults who'd become Christians. What was it that led them to becoming a Christian? Two of the top three. They had a conversation with a Christian, and they attended a standard church service. Not a high bar. Last one, and this, this was the winner for me. What would you imagine, if, if you were to ask, take a cross-section of the whole of society... Say, what percentage of people in the UK right now believe that Jesus rose from the dead? Now, when I first heard this, the percentage in my head was about 5%. According to this survey, it's 43%. What does this tell us? It tells us this is a great time to be talking about Jesus in our nation that there are far more people who want to know about Jesus and who are open to talking about Jesus than we ever imagined, that God is moving. He's moving in our cities. He's moving in our villages. He's moving in our towns. And that actually talking Jesus begins right where we are because he's at work in us and his work around us. As I draw this message to a close, I want to return to where I began. I began with Paul. You remember his bold statement about Nothing else matters to me, really, other than talking about Jesus. Well, let me share another thing he said. Ephesians 6, 19 to 20. Paul said, pray for me too. Ask God to give me the right words. How many of you need God to give you the right words? I know I do. So I can boldly explain God's mysterious plan. That the good news is for Jews and Gentiles. In other words, that the good news of Jesus is for everyone. Pray that I will keep on speaking boldly for him as I should. What's Paul doing? He's saying, I need help. Pray for me. And I, I want to say, if Paul prayed saying, I need help, maybe people like you and me, we need help too. Now, I, I said to you at the start, when we talked about that spectrum, I'm more here than I am here. here let, let me give you the truth. When we were talking as a team about who's going to give this message, 
and I realized that nearly everybody else was away. I'm like, oh no, can, can I get something on that Sunday? Because I don't feel ready to talk about this subject. As I've been preparing, I felt the Lord begin a work in me. Saying, Simon, I want to move you from where you are to being further along that spectrum. What you need to do, Simon, is you need to ask for help. Anybody else want to move on and ask for help? Well, I'm believing over these next few weeks, that's what God is going to do in our midst as we position ourselves. You know, I want to say, make the most of these next few weeks. Come to church. Come to church every week. Let's smash the results of that, that research survey. Get yourself in a life group where we're unpacking it, where you'll hear stories from ordinary people like you and me who are doing it. We can say, if they're doing it, we can do it too. We, we, we can play our part in this. We can move. We can get to the point where like football fans can't help talking about their team, where grandparents can't help talking about their grandchildren, that people like you and me, ordinary people, can get to the place where we can't help but talk about Jesus, about who he is and what he's done. As I, I finish this, I just want to pray with us. If, you, if you're saying, I'm in, Jesus, I want you to lead me. I wonder if you just close your eyes, bow your heads. I'm going to pray a simple prayer. But you might want to just hold out your hands before you as a way of saying, Jesus, I'm in. Help me learn. Help me move along this spectrum during this, these next few weeks. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the incredible privilege that we have, that we have been entrusted with, that you, you've given us this incredible good news that's the greatest news on planet earth. And we pray during these next few weeks, would you move us along? Would you give us a new boldness and courage? I pray even now, Heavenly Father, you would lift off any sense of disappointment, any fear of failure, any discouragement that's come. And I pray you'd birth in us a faith and expectancy. And I pray, Father, even this week, I pray for opportunities to talk about you in Jesus' name. And if you agree with that, say aloud, Amen.